everyone, Leanne Pilkington with the latest episode of Courageous Conversations. And with us, we've got my friend, Justine McDonald. Hi, Justine, how are you? I'm great, and thanks for having me on board. Absolute pleasure. For those of you who don't know Justine, she is a franchise owner with Nectar Mortgages. So she is our friendly local mortgage broker. But I know Justine has had a range of different careers. And I just want to go back to the beginning, where you started and your careers have been quite different, right? So that, that transition can be a real challenge for people. So I'd love to dive into that if we can. Yeah, sure. I, I've, in total, three careers. So I'm not yeah. sure if that makes me a millennial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. more about your birth certificate, love. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. So, yes, I've had two major changes in short, from accounting yeah. to insurance and then from insurance to um, mortgage broking. So yeah. I'll walk you through that. Yeah, okay. um, so I started my 30-year career so far in financial services as a chartered yeah. accountant. Yeah. Um, I um, qualified and well, studied and qualified in New Zealand, where I'm from. Yeah. I was working um, there for a couple of years and then had an opportunity to take a two-year secondment to the Court Beeler office of KPMG. I was 22 at the time and thought, why not? Um, it was a pretty amazing experience working yeah. uh, in a tax haven environment. That would have been, I didn't know that actually, so yeah. that would have been really interesting. <laughs> it, it was, it was. And, I love a tax haven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the expat lifestyle was pretty good too, so that yeah. was nice. From there that led me to um, a move to the Gold Coast um, mm-hmm. and then on to Sydney. And during that time I had a couple of kids and because I'd moved cities and I was in a new country and I didn't really know anybody and I certainly had no family around the prospect of re-qualifying in Australia and going back to uni and doing a few um, courses um, to bring me up to speed with Australian tax law and all the rest of it was kind of a bit daunting when I had didn't have support my husband at the time very unsupportive and very emotionally disengaged and that's why he's now my ex-husband exactly Um, you know there's just no way I could have done it so I was sort of at a crossroads and I thought oh well the kids are still young I'll just reach out to a local CA firm and do some management accounting a bit of auditing and stuff for them on an overflow basis and that was really good a local firm in Castle Hill yeah and one of the clients that they had me working on was an insurance broking firm Mm -hmm. also local after about a year and a half of pestering, the, the then owner of that firm convinced me that, you know, you don't really like accounting. Why don't you come and do what we do? Yeah. And he was right. I, I, I wasn't really loving accounting. And um, I thought, why not? Someone's offering me the opportunity to start a brand new career, you know, part-time school hours wow. initial, initially. It was almost too good to be true. So, um so that sort of is how that all happened. I kind yeah, of right. fell into insurance because, I, let me tell you, nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to be an insurance broker. No. <laughs> so I felt really lucky that I had been presented with that opportunity. And, yeah. and then um, when I started in that, I, um, I started around the time of the collapse of the HOH uh, uh. buckle. And I suddenly found myself up to my ears in real estate agents rescuing them because their mm-hmm. professional indemnity insurance had just disappeared in the veneer yeah. um, and, uh, and then proceeded to specialise in what we call financial lines insurance, so professional indemnity mainly, but um, other, other lines like directors and offices and that sort of thing for 16 years. Yeah, right, um, which is obviously how we met and we happened to work very close to each other in the city, so we'd sort of yeah, run into each other on yeah, the street yeah. a lot. And yeah. I, 
I know um, in those days you worked incredibly long hours because I worked long hours and you were often yep. there before me and, and leaving after me. And yeah. I also, I, I remember one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you on this podcast was because I remember having a conversation with you after you left that role and you were very senior, you had an executive position and you said to me, Leanne, I don't even feel like I know who I am without that job. And that just, it really resonated for me because I've been with Lane Simmons, as you know, for, you know, about 135 years at last count. And I wonder if I know who I would be if I ever left Lane Simmons. So can you talk, I know it's a kind of a, no, a that's okay. an emotional conversation, so I'm sorry. To do no, that no, it's, 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 it's fine. Yeah. So I guess we, we spoke about my transition from accounting to insurance and yes, the next move to mortgage broking certainly was not planned. Yeah. Can't go into the detail, legal sure. restrictions, probably says why. But yeah, I suddenly found myself without a job after 16 yeah. years. And you're right, I didn't know who I was anymore. I had devoted myself so greatly to that organisation and my clients and sacrificed an enormous amount in my personal life and look back now with so much regret about how many things I missed at school that I didn't go to because work was always more important. And, you know, you just, you, you, you go through that, oh, gosh, I really, now looking back, why? Why did I almost kill myself for somebody else, right? Yeah. And, yeah, when I suddenly found myself in that position, it was my whole life and I suddenly felt like I'd, Without that job, I didn't have a life anymore. I'd yeah. lost all of my confidence. I yeah. definitely lost well, my, my dignity and pride got smashed. I probably cried for about three months. Really? <laughs> it was a really, really, really dark time. Because you feel like it's all over, right? There's no coming back from Oh, here. you just go, that's all I know. That's all I've done. It's, you know, I'm bloody good at it. And what on earth am I going to do next? So, and, and why? Why? Yeah. Why did it all come to an end so abruptly? Yeah. But anyway. how, did, how did this happen? How did this happen to me? I mean, I was in disbelief and so many other people were in total disbelief. But, you know, I've got to say now, three and a quarter years into owning and running my own mortgage broking business, silver lining. Yeah. It was, it was really tough. The first year was really tough because I had to rebuild my sense of self-worth and yeah. so um, my confidence. Oh, look... One step forward, two steps back, Leanne, right? You know, I am my own worst enemy. I know this, right? I am so hard on myself. Right. I think a lot of women are. Right, absolutely. Um, and um, look, perfectionist, you know, doesn't yeah. help. Fear of failure doesn't help, you know, really, really owning up to some stuff here. Um, yeah. But I think you probably knew all that anyway. Uh, yeah, I kind of figured it out, yeah. <laughs> um, and... And also, you know, initially, I didn't, I didn't knock on any doors of the people that um, I'd done, you know, a lot of work for in my old roles because, yeah. I mean, I've got no credibility. I've just started in this game. I can't yeah. possibly go and say, hey, I'm doing this, refer me clients. So I think it was a year before I spoke to anybody in my real estate you know, community. It's just my mental, given your entire network. trusted me and, and loved me. And it's like, oh, you stupid woman. And that's what? exactly the target market for what you're doing, right? Yeah. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to yeah. feel ready and, and confident in yourself. And yeah. to, to, to be honest, you know, that, that, that period that I went through, 
it was hell. And I, I, I've got to tell you, it was it was pretty dark at times. That I I don't think if I didn't have the incredible support and love of my partner, yeah, and my daughters and my sisters and my beautiful network of friends, that I don't think I honestly would be sitting here talking to you today. Like it was, yeah, yeah. It's pretty scary that your entire life can be wrapped up in your career. And I am passionate about what I do and looking after the people that, you know, that trust me to, you know, do whether it's an insurance for them or their mortgage for them or whatever it may be, right? Right. Um, I get really invested in it. Um, But I think as I'm getting older, I'm realising that, you know, a bit more balance is definitely required. You can't let certain values hold you back or deprive you of what's needed to have a more fulfilled life, I guess. Do you mean that you, you felt obliged to be working really long hours to get the job done because you were such a perfectionist and that stopped you doing other things? Yeah, t- totally, yeah. totally. I mean, I, I was single for 10 years because I was so immersed in my career. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of went, oh, God, I missed out on a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Apparently, I was waiting till the right one came along. Yes, and you've got a good one now too. So, <laughs> I do. yeah, I do. he was worth waiting for, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And so, um, going from um, going from that point of despair and then starting your own business, and you are how long into that business now? Just over three years, about yeah. three and a quarter. Yeah. And so, how's it going now? Oh, um, great! I absolutely love the decision I've made. Um, yeah. I certainly have had some, we've certainly been some challenging times within that period because sure. not long after I started and, you know, lending got really tough. Yeah, right, um, of course. Really tough. And then it sort of e- eased off a little bit and then we had the Royal Commission. And then, you know, a lot of people put things on hold waiting for the election. So yes. We had a little bit of a lull there. Yeah. And then we had a good run for a little while until we had this thing called a pandemic. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't actually known it any other way than challenging. Yeah. Whereas we've got brokers that have been around for twenty years. Yeah, right. And sort of three years ago, when it all started to get all too hard, they just go, oh, "I can't deal with this." Yeah, I'm used to policy changing every five minutes. Whereas that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a good thing. I mean, real estate's pretty much the same. There's the people that have been through the cycles and they're okay, and there's the others that that haven't and really. Well, the cream with. always rises to the top in hard times, Leanne. That's what they say. That's what they say. Now you are a landlord seven times over. That's a very impressive number of investment properties. Talk me through your investment strategy. How do you work out? What do you what you buy and where you buy it? And I'm sure there's you know being what a, strategy. Okay, yeah, right. I'll be honest, right? Okay, so right. seriously, I'm not joking. In short, when I went on my buying spree, I kind of jumped in in almost this panic kind of mode, right? How long ago did you start so buying? I'll walk you through that. Oh, look, I bought my first in 2011. Okay, so not that long, really, to accumulate yeah, yeah. that amount. And, and I was all gun-ho at the time of, oh, I'm going to buy two or three more this year kind of thing. Yeah. And um, combination of getting, you know, being busy, time poor, and the good old paralysis by analysis yeah. um, meant that actually no more purchases happened that year. Yeah. Um, and then a couple more years went by, and I, I was actually at a netball carnival talking to, um, yeah, actually was a netballer, yeah. um, uh, talking to one of the other mums there, and somehow in that conversation, she divulged that she had ten investment properties. Wow! And I, I kind of knew a little bit about. You are her. so competitive. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why we get on well. And I kind of knew a little bit about her situation. So she was a divorcee with two kids as well, and we pretty much had been raising our kids on our own. Yeah. Um, and, look, by no means are we on our own there. There's plenty of women out there that do it. Sure. Um, but I kind of also had an idea about her income level as well, and I thought, man, if she can have 10, surely I can have 10. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, you know, Netball Carnival was over. A few more months went by. But during that conversation, she had recommended a buyer's agent to me. Oh, okay. Um, and said that her portfolio was performing really well. So she thought that these guys were really good and, you know, yada, yada. So as I said, a few months went by and I, I don't know, something happened and I just suddenly woke up one day and went, well, I haven't won lotto recently. And the okay. knight in shining armor, sorry, the wealthy knight in shining armor has continued to elude me. Yeah. And I'm not getting any younger. And if I don't pull my finger out and start actually seriously looking at how I'm going to fund my retirement, yeah. um, I'm going to run out of time. So yeah. I had that, that when I referred to the panic moment um, yeah. earlier, that's that moment. And I went, yeah. oh, okay. So I rang these guys, the buyer's agent that had been recommended to me, sat down and had a strategy session with them. Before I knew it, I'd signed four contracts. I settled on four properties um, within... All at once. Well, within um, probably five or six week period. Um, (laughs) And then later that year, so that was at the start of 2015. And then later that year, I bought another two. So then that was my seven. I have since sold one. Um, So in terms of that process and and picking the properties, it wasn't really that I'd done my research or all the things that I now know a lot better about (laughs) through study and through working in the industry. Yeah. Um, I trusted um, a referral yeah, and I trusted right. a professional to give me the right advice. Yeah. Because, you know, let's face it, I'm, I've, I'm an accounting background, not a, not a property background. So, sure. you know, it was fair to say, you know, you should be able to trust, trust these people. Yeah. Um, I would never use them again. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Why? Uh, you know, I think it was kind of like... Okay, so we have this term in mortgage broking that we're not amnesia home loans. We don't write your loan and then forget about you. Okay. We'll, you're a customer for life and we'll always be yeah. there and we'll do annual reviews and we'll do anything you need across the life of the loan and what have you. Sure. These guys were amnesia um, property investment buyers agents. Yeah. You know, they took their 10 grand per, per property yeah. fee and never heard from them again. Yeah. The promise of portfolio reviews and... You know, because it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And when I did have a couple of issues on things, they just didn't respond um, and they kind of, you know, just disappeared into the ether. So, yeah. so it's interesting, you know, time and poor people need to put their trust in a professional, but there's professionals and there's professionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you would agree you'd see that across the, well, yeah, totally. the industry. Totally. So how would you do it differently if you were investing now? Oh, look, I think one of my mistakes back then was I just rushed into it. I didn't seek any other advice from other people and I didn't have a cl- I didn't have clarity around what my why was. Mm-hmm. Why was I doing this? Mm-hmm. Was I Because you had to beat that bitch at the Nepal Carnival. You know <laughs> what you like. <laughs> so you know, you, 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 it's gotta be a reason, right? So you're either right. buying for cash flow yeah. When you're buying for capital growth. Yeah. Really, those would be the two main yeah. main things. And you know, if you're really lucky, you get both. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I didn't have clarity around that when I launched into this. And I guess that's one of the shortcomings of the, the agent that I went through because we really didn't map out any kind of strategy. They just knew what income I was on and how much tax I was paying and said, oh, well, you know, yeah. do this, this, this and this and you'll get, you know, 40 grand a year tax refund, which is yeah. actually ended up what was happening. And that was all yeah. good and well for me while I was in a highly paid corporate job with masses of PAYG withholding tax. Yeah. So I have an out-of-pocket shortfall during the year on the properties, lodge my tax return, get a massive refund. That would cover that shortfall and some extra. So yes. it was, you know, happy days. But, of course, now that I'm self-employed yes. and I'm building a business, yeah. uh, which takes time, yeah. um, I, I am definitely paying myself a wage. Yeah. Uh, but the PAYG withholding now compared to before not when I started that same. journey, not yeah. quite the same. So yeah. I'm kind of looking back now and going, yeah, that whole idea of a negatively geared portfolio was great in that world, but my world yeah. changed. Yeah, and it's not easy to change that investment decision either because it's, a, it's expensive to change yeah. that investment decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the properties have all gone up uh, in value. They're doing fine. I've had very few um, issues with um, vacancy and I've had you know, regular incremental increases in, in, in rent. So yeah. no dramas there. I am going through a process of reviewing the portfolios to when I might start to consolidate whole range of reasons around that but yeah yeah, so for me I guess that was a mistake I made I didn't have that clarity on why I was doing it Um, one thing I wouldn't change though was how emotionless I was through it so I just looked at the the numbers and did the numbers stack up yes accountant coming out of me yes Um, (laughs) I'd never saw the properties didn't need to and I think that's important when you're um, buying for, for investment. It's a business. It's I not bought a property over lunch one day after a couple of glasses of shardy. How many glasses? Oh, just a couple. Okay. Just a couple. Yeah, never saw it. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to see no. it. So I wouldn't change that aspect of it, but the one thing that has become evident to me now, several years into this and thinking about, well, at some point I'm going to do some consolidation yeah. And so that means putting some on the market, selling, paying down debt and having yeah. the remainder debt free so that I've just, yeah. just got that passive income for later. Yeah. Um, so at the time of selling, you want to be able to get the best price. Yeah. So you want the property to appeal to as many people as possible. Sure. So when you're buying an investment property, you really want to, even though you remove the emotion from it, you want to go... Well, Later on, if I was an owner-occupier wanting to buy yeah. this property, would it suit would me? I? Would yeah. it be owner-occupier appeal or quality? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something really important because I'm finding now when I'm looking at my portfolio that actually only one of them would fall into that category. Yeah, so right. I'm probably only going to be selling to investors down the track, which will yeah. limit, possibly limit the price I get. Yeah. So I think that's definitely one thing I would uh, would change. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, <laughs> there's definitely key fundamentals involved in, in, in buying property. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of real estate agents will be listening to this and they'll go, yeah, we know all of this. We but, know that, Justin. Um, Thanks for that. You know, yeah. at, at, a, at a macro level, you'd be looking um, obviously around economy issues, population. Yeah. So not only um, overseas migration, but net interstate migration. So 
There are a lot of people are moving to Queensland. Why is that? Um, property prices are a lot lower, cost of living is lower, wages are, just as, wages are just as high there. You know, infrastructure spend is always a good sign of, uh, uh, to look out for. And you've got to obviously deal with rental yields, vacancy rates, supply and demand. Now, a lot of focus gets put on de- demand in an area, mm-hmm. but I think that's a shortcoming if you don't also look at supply mm-hmm. because you want to know in any given area, not only what's currently under construction, but what's been approved for, for construction. Yeah. And if you can find a, a, oh, a suburb, you know, an inner ring sort of suburb that's got very little left in terms of the ability for it to be developed, that's kind of going to be something that's going to attract my interest in future purchases. Obviously, the availability of credit comes into, into play. Yeah. Um, and affordability, those sorts of things. And you'd look at all of those things across not only a, um, a state uh, and city and suburb level, and then when you get to the suburb and you've actually narrowed it down which suburb you're actually going to look at because you've gone through all of that process and done the research, then obviously you're looking at now at the micro level and that would be in terms of the type of property. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the demographics in Australia um, are, are, are changing the demand for different types of property. Sure. Um, an ageing population has something to do with that as well, but um, mm-hmm. there's m- way more uh, move towards townhouses and villas versus ha- you know, houses. Although I'll be, I'll be really interested to see if COVID actually has an impact on that. Because, well, you know. that is very true uh, it will be interesting so yeah so you're looking then at the type of property and then obviously the value for money for, for, for that so you yeah. know you sort of go through yes. a really big funnel of stuff no wonder people use buyers agents i couldn't be bothered with all of that that's way too much yeah fun. i kind of love it though i, yeah, I, I see it counted in you i think it's interesting so yeah. interesting that I'm, I'm currently doing a um property investment course through one of the property investment groups that i deal with yeah yeah that they've written and in the process of enrolling for to do my PIPO qualification. Oh, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Continuing to study. I love it. Yes. Yes. Well, that was after also doing my real estate license at the beginning of the year. And I think for me, in my role, right, right. Um, I don't ever expect to do the heavy lifting of those roles. Right. But I was finding that because of being an investor, an experienced investor myself, and because of the accounting background, I was starting to get a lot of questions that were really in the realm of other professions and yeah. you cross a line when you start giving advice or commenting yeah. on them because it can be construed as advice. Yeah. So the compliant Justine goes, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to do the right thing. And, 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 and I'm interested in that field anyway. So I'm going to yeah. get these extra qualifications, but it also gives me great oversight for my clients to ensure that they're not going to get caught out or, yeah just make them aware of traps and things that, you know, I wish that I'd had when I was yeah. doing what I was doing. Um, so yeah, just, good on you. Yeah, just why not? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we've been chatting for 25 minutes. Do you even believe it? Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for being prepared to share that. I know that I'm going to get some really great feedback about your journey because it will resonate with so many people that are listening not just women but men as well so thank you for being prepared to share and um i'll look forward to catching up with you and your gorgeous partner on um, saturday night for dinner hey we can't wait to see you guys yeah, thanks awesome. all right take care bye bye